0: Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters with your host, Betty Joe Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com.
1: This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, folks, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And we have a great show for you today. Filmmaker Scott Abramovich is here to talk about Alive and Kicking, his upcoming film about soccer moms and how starting a woman's... Soccer League changes their lives on and off the field. It's based on a true story written by New York Times bestselling author Harvey Araton and focuses on a group of multi-ethnic women who learn what it means to be teammates and friends. Scott wrote the screen ap- adaptation and will be directing this motion picture. Plus, his company is producing it, along with U.S. soccer icon Mia Hamm, actor Gil Bellows, and media business Karen Martin. I understand that a Kickstarter campaign has just been launched to help raise money to shoot the movie, so I'm sure Scott will fill us in on that and the exciting film-related rewards Available to people who help with the campaign. Before bringing Scott on, I want to remind everyone that our chat room is open for people who uh, are listening to the live show. So we're encouraging listeners to sign in and participate. We really appreciate our chatters, as well as all our listeners, of course. And now it's my great pleasure to welcome back to our show Scott because this is not his first visit to movie attic headquarters he was with us last year and he was a big hit when he dropped by to talk about the calling starring susan sarandon which he adapted for the screen from the original mystery novel scott congratulations for that Canadian Academy Award nomination for Adapted Screenplay for The Calling, which I thought was just a fantastic movie. I'm so happy for you, and uh, thanks for agreeing to be with us today.
2: Thank you, Betty Jo. It's a pleasure to be back. It's a fun time the first time, and I I look forward to to another great conversation.
1: Oh, I'm sure that that it will be, and, and we're so glad you could join us to talk about your new film project. What a fascinating story it is and i my first question of course is what motivated you to become involved in this alive and kicking project
2: uh you know i i i ran across this book um probably about 10 years ago at the time i was uh working as a writer for um for disney and there's disney toon division writing sequels to um you know some of the bigger movies and we worked on the tinkerbell franchise um, and I read that you know I read this book in a bookstore. Uh, I just picked it up and started browsing, and after you know ten, ten pages, I thought this is a great movie. Um, and at the time, actually, I just randomly um, you know called the the publisher. At the time, I wasn't a producer. I was you know just starting as a writer, um, but just wanted to know if the rights were available. And th- at the time, they were um, with a company called Heart Sharp uh, out of New York. They produced the film Boys Don't Cry with Hilary Swank great producers. Um, so yeah. I just kind of didn't think about it again and, um, you know, I finished uh, working at Disney and started a, a production company with um, with my partner, Lonnie Dubrovsky. And, um, you know, we were talking about projects, you know, that we could potentially option. And I said, you know, there's this book that I read years ago. I wonder what's going on with it. And I just uh, sent an email to Harvey Araton, who, you know, the writer, who was a, still with the New York Times, Um Writing sports columns, and uh, you know he wrote back. and said, "Oh, the, you know the rights are available after a couple of years of uh, developing with uh, with Hart Sharp," and you know we started a dialogue and um, b- got the ball rolling to uh, to option the the book. And um, and you know for me, what what spoke to me about this story, which you know if you read the book, it's not it, it's not necessarily the most um, easily adaptable um piece of, of literature because it's really chronicling um one particular league and then uh and then he kinda of goes out and follows a whole bunch of different women's leagues in both soccer and other sports uh to see the sort of movement around the country of uh of women um playing playing sports at different uh at different ages and at different levels. Um but what was inspiring about the the um jumping off point where um, where we are, t- we're starting our story. This is this one single mom uh, who had never played sports before, but was athletic, and you know her kids were were playing soccer, and she was at the field with uh, with her kids. One of them was playing, and the other one was was with her, and and she wanted to kick the ball with her mom. So they started kicking the soccer ball, in the, uh, you know, on the sidelines, and a coach walked by and and saw um, you know her athletic form and and that she was actually really good. She said, "Oh, you know, where?" He said, "Where do you play?" And the mom said, "Well, I don't play. Where would I play? There's no league and so from this <laughs> you know single conversation she uh she and her friends, who were mostly moms, started a women's soccer league in Montclair, New Jersey, and put together a team um one of which was mostly made up of soccer moms and uh who had never played and so here were these women who you know were successful in in life some of them were working, some of them were um you know were were homemakers, but at the you know a different, coming from different places in life, and some of them different ages, um, but all of them, you know, kind of had kids playing soccer, and they, they, that's how they knew each other, and you know, they were watching their kids and you know, yelling from the sidelines, you know, go oh, run, you do this, and it looks so easy, right? Um, and then they get <laughs> on the field and they start playing against younger women who have been playing their whole lives, and realize game isn't quite so easy as it looks. Um, and so for me, what, what I was uh, as a fan of sports and the sports movies. You know, it was it was in so many ways a typical underdog sports tale like, uh, you know, Bad News Bears where you have a group of people who, you know, have to learn and come together and, and improve on the field. And, but what was fascinating to me was the, the off-the-field stuff was um, something I'd never seen before. It's about learning the lessons of sports um, that most people learn as kids, but learning that, you know, in their 30s or, you know, or even 40s, um, at a point where you don't expect to be the one learning the lesson, you expect to be the one teaching the lesson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it, uh, very different, and um, I could see why you why you might be intrigued in it because it it looks like there's a lot of character development in it, plus a lot of action. So to be able to exactly. put you know both it's... of those both of those things together, it. Uh, it it should be uh, it should be a big a big hit I think and I'm so glad that you did did uh, pick that and uh, and then when I saw that you had th- these two co uh, co producers well actually there are three of them but two of them that I know something about I I thought ooh heavy hitters here and I was wondering how uh, how did you how difficult was it to recruit Mia Hamm as a co producer.
2: You know, it's funny. The the actual planning and and how we were going to approach uh, Mia was was harder than actually getting her to say yes. Um, you know, the, it was the the first person we thought of uh, after we optioned the material to sort of be a um, you know a spiritual guide and you know for for the project was Mia Hamm because um, you know this is we've been working on this for a few years and right now we're at a point where where uh, the country is incredibly excited and and proud of this. Women's national team and how how great oh, they were yeah. in, in Canada for the Women's World Cup. But you know, a few years ago, um, it, the, the time had passed since 1999 when that first sort of wave of of women's soccer took took over the country with Mia Hamm and Brandi Chastain and winning winning the World mm-hmm. Cup on, in the U.S. Um, and so, you know, Mia to me was you know the the person who represents um, the excitement of of soccer um, to a mass audience. So. You know, we figured out, okay, how are we going to get to Mia and um, and see if this is something she's interested in? And, um, you know, we, we found a way to uh, to her agent, Dan Levy, at Wasserman, and, you know, pitched him on, you know, on what we were trying to accomplish and, and what, why we thought Mia would be um, an interesting fit. And, and, you know, he said to me right away, you know, I think she's going to love this because this is really, since she's retired, this is exactly what, you know, what her goal is, is to find projects that are going to, you know, get people and particularly women excited about soccer. Um, and, you know, this is a story about, about women who who never played before and catching this bug and, and getting this passion, um, you know, and, and at the same time for, for, for the universal, you know, story element of it, it could be anything, right? I mean, this is just about a group of women who, you know, find something to get passionate about. It could be, it could be, um, you know, sports. It could be uh, a book club, or you know, something that, or dancing, you know, something that's that is outside of what they normally do. And, and realizing that you know, you're never too old to be learning and and finding new passions. So we we approached Mia and through Dan, and and right away she loved it. And the best part of um, you know this this process has been you know, seeing um you know, seeing things from, from both her perspective and our other partners and seeing how everyone is coming from a different place. You know, we're working with Gil Bellows, who's an incredible uh storyteller, you know, both an actor but as a producer, you know, he produced Temple Grandin with uh with HBO that Claire Danes was just incredible in. Um and Media Biz is this uh financing company out of out of Montreal that um you know that are really interesting group of people that that understand you know the sales aspect of the of the film business and everyone kind of has their own um their own sort of uh skill that that they're that they're bringing to the production team and you know we're really excited to move forward and and get this movie into production um hopefully in the in the late fall so that we can uh both capitalize on this you know this wave of excitement for soccer right now but also to um you know to have a film that's going to be ready to be released Close to the um, to the Olympics, when the when the women's national team is going to be in the spotlight again.
1: It seems like it's uh, definitely perfect uh, timing. And um, I've been a, a fan of Gil Bellows for a long time. I I really enjoyed his performance in The Shawshank Redemption and in many of the films that he's made. I did not know that he was a uh, producer so i was i was surprised to see that but evidently he has been involved in in uh, producing before he's not a newcomer and then of course this the uh, mia ham i mean i thought you'd have to go on a long campaign you know to to get her involved she would be be so busy so it was uh, great that she came on board so early and i was looking at all of these awards that she's won and and her extensive career in soccer. And I ran across this this uh, quote that one um, columnist wrote about her, and I, I thought, wow, I, I better be paying more attention to this woman. And this is what uh, this columnist said. Perhaps he called her perhaps the most important athlete of the last 15 years. So, I mean, that just shows how well she's. She's thought of in the in the sports world, and she's got so many fans all over the all over the world. So she can be she really is a, a heavy hitter for a project like this. Just the perfect one to get. But now, how did you know Gil Bellows?
2: Uh, Gil, you know it's a funny story. Um, my brother-in-law uh, is Jeff Fixman. He uh, he was at an airport in uh, flying out of Montreal, um, and he texted me. He said. He didn't even remember his name, he said, the guy from Alley and Steel is here at the airport. He said, Should I go talk to him? I said <laughs> Sure <laughs> You know, I had seen Temple Grandin and uh, you know, loved the film and I said, you know, go tell him how much, you know, you like Temple Grandin. So my brother's not my brother in law's not sure. I walked up to him and started talking to Gil and um, you know, was telling him about me and, and that I was a writer and producer and um, you know, sometimes randomly going up to someone pays off. Uh, you know, he gave uh, he gave my brother-in-law his number for me to get in touch, and I randomly called. Oh, this was years ago, um, and uh, you know I think he was a little hesitant at first when we were, our first conversation um, was sort of feeling you feeling me out to see if I was you know a legitimate writer. There's a lot of people I think who you know hold themselves out as, as writers and might not be quite ready for um, you know for the craft. Um, and I told him about some of the things I was working on, and one of which was alive and kicking. And he said, "Well, that sounds interesting. Let me let me read that, and he, you know, he, we can just uh, kind of play play it by ear and see, it and have a conversation after I read it." And, and he read the script, and he said, "I love this." He said, "You know, is there a way for me to be a part of it?" Um, you know, and so we kind of got everyone together who was on the project at the time, and and you know, he said sat down and explained what he why he thought this was. Um, you know, an important film and, and it was basically all the same things that we were playing and, um, and everything that he was saying from a creative standpoint was exciting um, for me as a writer because it was, it was you know, sort of what I needed in terms of taking what I think was a, an interesting first draft and, and getting it to a point where it was working both, you know, exactly like you were saying on the emotional level but also, you know, on the sports side so that this is an adrenaline pumping uh, action film in the on the sports angle and then, you know, having the um you know, the character and the and the emotion um working as well and, and Gil's experience as an actor, um and and sort of understanding what worked from the character perspective was, was a huge, huge asset as we developed the script further. Um and then I got you know, I've been working on the calling which which you know and um you know, because of how close I was with Gil on this project, it was it ended up working out incredibly well we were able to cast him in the calling and he was fantastic in the film um and so yeah it was it, you know we've been very lucky in terms of um you know who we've approached and how they've uh responded uh to kind of put together this team it was a similar experience with with media biz and um you know we started this kickstarter campaign and we've had a, a, some fascinating people come up that, that want to be involved in the film uh companies that are that are in the soccer space that. Um, one of which is um, is a company called uh, Battlebots, but they, they their product is uh, is called uh, Bubble Soccer. I don't know if you've ever seen. Um,
1: no, I haven't. You know, those.
2: It, it's it's you've probably seen it in a different context. It's these these huge uh, bubble like things that you that you put on your body and and you can kind of do like sumo wrestling. Uh, <laughs> oh where, yeah. Where you know, you to each other yeah. and you're protected by this big bubble. Uh, well, this company has started a, uh, you know, um, sponsoring and, and setting up soccer leagues with with everyone playing in these bubbles where you know you can be a lot more aggressive physically. And you know, I saw this. They, they reached out and we and we started talking about this product as uh, as something that I saw creatively as a perfect way of kind of introducing the idea of physicality to these women. And uh, and and they've been incredible with um, you know with their support of the film and. You know it's just it it feels like the everyone we talk to about this project finds uh finds in it something that uh that, that they can connect with um because it's you know it's rare sadly it's rare to have films that are built around women um and women characters and and it's also rare to find uh projects built around soccer uh and so i think with these two sort of underserviced worlds um you know on the one hand it's been a challenge from a financing standpoint. But on the other hand, everyone who who gets it is incredibly passionate about the material.
1: Well, I can see why, and um, I want to take just a a couple of seconds here uh, to share a brief message from one of our loyal listeners.
0: Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio, when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Joe Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty! Show me the funny! <laughs>
1: I, I want to thank Nancy <laughs> Lombardo for that fun uh, promo. And uh, Nancy Lombardo has a. Uh, show called comedy concepts here on blog talk radio it's it's just so entertaining and i'm kind of hooked on it and uh, it's every uh, Monday and Friday morning at ten thirty Eastern Time. So I hope listeners will will check out uh, Nancy Lombardo's comedy concepts. But the reason I played that, Scott, is because she said, "Show me the money, show me the money," and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about right now with the Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, why did you decide true. on uh, going that going that way with Kickstarter? Uh,
2: you know the the challenge of uh, that we faced with this particular film is you know is that we're we're in a um we have a movie built on two two sort of genres if you want, if you want to speak that are um that are challenging to finance and and for reasons i still quite don't understand um but you know having a, a particularly a sports film um and then a sports film about women has made it uh, frustrating in so many ways to get, um, you know, to get this made at the level at the budget level that, you know, we had hoped, you know, we felt when we, when we started working on this project, that it was a studio film, um, you know, one that could be filled with, you know, a really great ensemble of, of interesting and diverse uh, female stars that would, you know, get to be the center of the film, as opposed to what they, you know, typically play, you know, the wife of, of, of the, of the guy. And, and, um you know with the the response that we were met with at the studio level was you know soccer i don't know it feels like a tv movie which you know i nothing against tv movies uh, this this very well could be a tv movie and i think it would be a great tv movie but you know i know that there's a uh, a real audience out there for both um you know a grounded and realistic movie that's talking about um women and contemporary women and and the journey that that they're going on you know, after after children or or even if you don't have children, you're balancing careers and relationships um and and the need to find something else in your life that be passionate about. Um and uh, at the same time, you know, as a sports fan, a great sports movie is something that's to be cherished. And this is a story that combined both. So, um, you know, what Kickstarter allows is, is is us to show that there is an audience for this movie um and you know we hope that we put up a really interesting and diverse group of rewards that that um both soccer fans and film fans will be excited about you know we have at the at the you know lower level there's you know you can get a copy of the screenplay um you know for a few dollars and you can um you know get a t T-shirt or a poster, but you know we're also doing for you know for twenty five dollars you can get you know something that's used in the movie and the production of the movie you know we're doing autograph soccer balls by the cast and from Mia Hamm. um you know we're doing autograph jerseys from the from the movie and then we're even having opportunities to uh, you know to be an extra in the film um all the way to uh you know opportunities to pitch uh movies and to you know have get script notes from um from the producers and myself uh which is something that you know we I've done before for charity uh, for the site called charity buzz um you know but would you know? Figure that this is something that might be attractive to you know people who are trying to break into the industry and you know might not have the ability to you know pitch to producers or even um, you know have script notes being given at the level that um, you know we feel that we can uh, help. So you know, and then there's even opportunities to um, you know to have your soccer team kind of have their their team photo in the film, and um, you know it's all the way down to being. Uh, an associate producer and coming into the editing room and getting to experience what a real producer does on a on a film.
1: That was what uh, intrigued me was the way you used the, um, uh, you know, the love that the people have for movies to be involved in, in the movie, the ones that are, you know, giving uh, some money to help and to be really a part of it. And it was um, when I went to your Kickstarter site, I thought this is really a, a wonderful list of uh, rewards for uh, movie fans. And so I would encourage our listeners to go over to your Kickstarter site and look through those. Because uh, if you're a true movie addict, you're going to want (laughs) to have some of those rewards, and to be part of a film like this, making sure that a film like this gets uh, gets to be made. Can you um, tell us a little bit about how the uh, how our listeners might might find that
2: site? Hello. Sorry, Betty Jo. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I lost you yes. for a second. That's better. I was just
1: wondering if you could tell our listeners how to get to your Kickstarter site.
2: Of course, yeah. Um, our Kickstarter page, uh, you, you can go to a direct link at aliveandkickingmovie.com. We'll take you right to the Kickstarter page. Or you can go on Kickstarter and search Alive and Kicking. You'll find it there as well. Um, and hopefully, you know, there's going to be a reward that's... Uh, that's right for you know for all your listeners i think there's um you know there's some really different ways of 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 helping the project but at the same time you know getting something exciting as well
1: that's great i and i i i think you've done a good job on the uh on the pitch video too because i think uh uh everybody that speaks on the on the video shows a lot of enthusiasm and passion for the for the project and uh Sometimes when you look at those uh pitch videos they aren't you know so professionally done so did you do that video yourself
2: uh you know, my producing partner Lonnie was uh that was that was his baby he uh he went out and and uh talked to to Gill and uh we shot we shot something with uh with Kelly Parker who's um who's a recently retired women's national player on the Canadian team who is a two-time MVP of the women's league and she's going to she's going to be hands-on uh as well as Mia with the actresses and training them making sure they're in uh, in soccer shape for the film. Uh so she they, he Lonnie went out to what she trains and kind of kind of watched what he, what she was doing with her with her team that she trains up there. Um and then we worked with uh Harvey Arison who the writer of the book who who I thought was, you know, really eloquent about um you know, what inspired him to write this book in the first place uh which was the fact that his wife who had never played sports before um was one of the players in this league uh so it's it, i think that uh you know the video is a representation of how much everyone who's on board uh this project cares uh deeply about getting it made
1: i think you're right and uh, it's very very well done i uh since i mentioned to you before uh the show started that one of my one of my books is being adapted for uh, film presentation, so I'm wondering, and I've sort of had a chance to look through the the screenplays and you know make suggestions and all. But how how about Harvey? How how was he involved with you in uh, doing the the screenplay uh, from his book?
2: Um, yeah, I, I've had two different experiences now with different writers who have who have actually developed you know real friendships with, uh, you know, Michael Redhill, who wrote, who wrote The Calling, and, and Harvey uh, with this project. Um, and both times that I adapted their material, they, they didn't want to be involved in any way, shape, or form. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was sending Harvey drafts along the way just to show him what what, what we were doing and to see how he would uh, respond to it. And he loved it. He he was excited about how we, you know, took the real story and, and uh, you know, from that jumped off into uh what what I think is a uh you know a a commercial but still um true to the to the uh heart of of what the real women experience and you know in both cases with Michael and with with Harvey you know we've sort of jumped into into different projects together you know we're working with Michael on uh developing his sequel to the calling as a as a TV series um and i'm talking with Harvey about a different project uh based on um you know one of his other books that's a, a fictional book uh but inspired by true events and you know i've been very lucky to find writers who um you know who who have been both brilliant in their work but also you know incredibly uh easy and um and to work with in terms of collabor- collaborating when it's time to collaborate but you know staying kind of staying away um while we we work our our magic on you know on the development process and uh I think that's, in, that's
1: important. That's important because uh, being in the position of ha- having <laughs> having your book uh has to be changed because the movie is a lot different different than than the book and uh that reminds me of that wonderful film Disney film um about the um, Mary Poppins and uh of the, of the author uh, wanting to be so deeply involved in uh you know in everything that went uh, did you see that movie
2: I did I loved it saving Mr. Banks but what was fantastic? Wasn't it? What was, what was that's, funny it. As, uh, that's saving yeah. Mr. Banks uh, what, Uh-huh what what was funny uh about that film was that it, it portrayed her uh you know being really happy with the end result And I think in real life uh she was she was upset about the film, <laughs> or at least disappointed enough to not feel like it was what she you know what she'd hoped um and I think that's common i mean i think I think that oftentimes films that get adapted don't stay true to the material and and you don't necessarily need to to stay close to the story, but I think what's important when you're adapting something at least from my perspective is to find a way to to keep what is what is exciting and what is um, what is important of of the uh, original work and and if you lose if you lose the soul of it then you have a problem but you know in terms of making changes of course there has to be changes structurally and and even in terms of plot to get, to make things work um, but you know I've been lucky that that the people that that, whose work I've adapted have really felt that the heart and soul of what was there in the first place has been kept intact.
1: Well, you did a marvelous adaptation of uh, the calling. Of course, I probably am not the one to judge that because I didn't read the mystery novel, but uh, the movie was was just uh, absolutely so well done and well well scripted. And I'm so glad that you're getting recognition for that now tell uh we're, we're going to come back to the kickstarter campaign and the donations but tell um tell us a little bit about the possibility uh i've been getting really excited here when you and i'm perking up considerably when you said there might be a sequel to the calling maybe maybe a, a tv series Do, is there anything more you can share about that uh
2: a little bit um i've been working with michael redhill here he's written um Three sequels to *The Calling*, two of which have been published, and the third, which is uh, about to be published in the in the next couple months. Um, all of which are are single standalone mysteries in the sense that they're you know they're not connected um, from the from the mystery standpoint. But but the character of Hazel McCallus, um and her and her investigative team uh, and her relationships, her mother, and her. Um, you know, her ex-husband. You know, those are all relationships that are, that are further developed in each of these books. And you know, when I read when I read The Calling, I, I you know it stood out to me as, as a film. But his sequel came out while we had after we had just optioned uh, The Calling. Uh, it was called The Taken. And I read The Taken, and, and what was fascinating to me was that it, it was in some ways a better written book um, than The Calling, but oh. it was not a film for me at least. Uh, I think the mystery uh, was was one that wasn't quite as um, as easy to tell in a, you know in, in a couple of hours, and so in the back of my mind, I always thought, oh, you know, if we ever get this movie made, um, it would be great to kind of see if we could spin off the, the taken into a series. And then, uh, lo and behold, Michael wrote a third book um, during the during the production of The Calling, uh, and that was when I first got a chance to meet him. And I was still kind of nervous about you know whether he was going to like what we were doing because, uh, as we said, you know, we make changes when, when we adapt films. films. Um, and so, you know, Michael actually came to my house uh, while we were in the editing process to watch uh, what was, I think, you know, a pretty close uh, version of the film once it was once it was ready. And I was nervous sitting next to him thinking, oh, my God, I hope he likes this, I hope he likes this. <laughs> and he absolutely loved it. Um, and so, you know, hey. from there um, – it was it was it was an easy conversation to say, you know, what do you think about um about taking your other books and seeing what we can do with them and and, and after having such a great experience uh talking with him, you know, after the film uh you know, during the film's release, you know, I, I got a sense that, you know, he's he is somebody who would potentially be a real a a creative asset as well, um and would would be a part of this as opposed to, you know, sort of me going off with my partners and and you know making something without his, him being involved and um but we've been working together a way to uh you know to work on the sequels as a as a tv series we just put together a treatment um you know for for the first season um and a, and a sort of preliminary series bible and we've we found some uh, another producer, a TV producer who uh, you know who loves loves it, and we've uh, you know the beginning stages of going out and pitching this. So fingers crossed! I hope we get to see more Hazel McAuliffe stories uh, on the small screen in the future.
1: Oh, well, I hope so. I think I think that uh, character and uh, the relationship with uh, with her her mother, you know that. That's uh, that could go on for several seasons. I thought that, and and it was done so well, so well in uh, in the film that you that you uh, scripted. Uh, I'm just so uh, pleased with you, with your work and glad that you have this other uh, this new alive and kicking project to be working on. And we we better talk a little bit more about Kickstarter. Uh, can you tell? Listeners, what the uh, range of donations would be? What what would be the least amount that they could contribute, and the most amount that they could contribute? Well, the
2: the, the starting point of the of the rewards uh, is three dollars, and that uh, gives you um, exclusive updates and uh, uh, videos and photos that are going to be coming along the way during pre-production and production and even post-production. Um, that'll help you know everyone feel connected to um you know to what we're doing and, and understand that this is everyone who is contributing to this is becoming a part of our team in, in, in a way um and uh you know the 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 range of rewards goes all the way from $3 to I think it's $8 for a uh, a copy of the screenplay um which I think is fun to read you know when you're a movie fan um nowadays it's 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 easier in in for some scripts that that sort of float online to, to get access to it, but not necessarily the ones that you want um, and in the yeah. format that you want. A lot of times what leaks out are early drafts, um, but what we'll have with, with this is it'll be the, the shooting draft of the script that, you know, and even when you read the shooting draft of the script, you, you get to see the choices that actors make and what was on the page and what goes to the screen. I think it's a, an amazing way both to understand the craft of writing but also the way that movies get translated when actors uh, and directors are coming to play, and editors, yeah. because you know sometimes what happens in the script on page ten doesn't happen in the film until you know page uh, you know minute thirty because the editing is uh, you know feels that the pace needs to you know be faster or slower. So it's it's uh, it's always um, you know interesting to be to be able to read something that you like. So, you know, we're we're offering that as a reward at the at the lower end. And then, you know, the opportunities to become a, a producer I think are the most expensive one. That the an associate producer, uh, I believe it's ten thousand dollars and it gets you um, you know, stat visits and uh, invitations to the premiere and uh invitation to be in the editing room with, with the producing team for a day. Um and which I think is you know, if you have the money and, and are looking to, you know, either Learn in in that at that level about what the filmmaking process is, and even you know potentially to to start a career and and really learn, um you know with without uh having to sort of spend the years that it takes to oftentimes to get you, know, you know, your first film made, you get to see the process um you know up close and be on set and get to get to see each stage of the process uh, along the way,
1: and don't you have um. Uh the uh adding the person's name to the internet movie database if they um if they're yep. in the higher range where they're giving where they're giving a certain amount and um, that's that might be something that uh, that people would would like to have so and i loved the way i mean this is i just, dear listeners go over and w- look at those rewards because god or whoever wrote these and decided on them has such a great sense of humor. I mean, the way you present <laughs> <I'm> those. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, That's the I'm, first time I've I'm seen that. On a kick.
2: <laughs>
1: Hello, can fun, I...
2: Uh, I, I? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. We had fun writing those rewards. I hope uh, I hope people will get a kick out of reading it.
1: I I think that they will really really enjoy it. And uh, what is the last the deadline date for donations?
2: Uh, the last i the, the Kickstarter campaign ends on August fifth in the morning, so um, you know, we're we're actually gonna be making some some big pushes online to really try and uh, and get our numbers up in the next couple of weeks. You know, there's three weeks left. Um uh, mm-hmm. which is a long time in in uh in terms of, you know, days, but at the same time, you know, we want people to start, you know, backing the film mm-hmm. now because uh it takes it takes a lot of momentum to get to um you know to so the point where we're funded. And so I hope that uh you know that your listeners will, will get to take a look at this as as quickly as possible and so that by August fourth, you know, we're just doing our, our sort of last push to get over that hump. Uh, because the way it works with Kickstarter is that uh if the film isn't funded, um, you know, none of the none of the money that's allocated to the project goes to the project, which is what we wanted. And there's other there's other crowdsourcing sites like Indiegogo where whatever Money you raise, you get to keep. But we felt that, you know, our goal uh, was to was to have a number that was going to really make a difference in in us producing this film. And so we chose a really high number, especially for an independent film. Um, but we feel like there's an audience out there that can help us get to that number. And so, uh, you know, if you're listening, please, uh, you know, go to aliveandkickingmovie.com or go to Kickstarter and look up Alive and Kicking and see uh what whether there's a reward that's uh that's right for you.
1: Oh I think that's a great place to uh to end the interview, Scott. You've just you've just been a wonderful guest again today. I wanna to thank you so much and give you a big shout out and I'll be sending good vibes, and I also want to uh, give special thanks to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and to our producer, Nikki Starr, for everything she does for the show, as well as to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and that you'll go over and look at the Alive and Kicking Kickstarter page and donate. Before we go, I want to recommend some other shows for you folks. I already mentioned the Comedy concept show by Nancy Lombardo, but... There's also the Mom and Pop Shop Show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger, over there on DreamStream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Plus, don't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on BTR. There's something for everybody in the Wacko Wheelhouse. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about movies, and don't forget to check out the Alive and Kicking Kickstarter page. I'm going to keep saying that. And remember to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com that's r-e-e-l realtalkreviews.com well that's all for now folks to close the show and in keeping with the topic today here's kenny loggins with a song honoring people who are fast on their feet whether it be in dance or soccer get ready everyone here comes put loose